Thank you for joining us wherever you are. This podcast episode is brought to you by the Old Ways Actual Play Team. This actual play uses the Delta Green tabletop role-playing game rules by Art Dream Publishing. This actual play is performed by adults and in an adult setting. Listeners should know that this podcast will include mature themes and scenes. All content, including names, places, events, companies, military organizations, and etc., which may bear resemblance to entities living, dead, or redacted, is completely coincidental. My name is Michael Diamond, and for tonight's game, I will be your handler. Thank you for joining us again on another episode of the Old Ways Podcast. I am your handler this evening, Michael Diamond, and I'm here to welcome you back to the continuing operations of Ocell, the Delta Green Cell here on the Old Ways Podcast. And we are continuing our investigation uh, as we head over to a park in Brooklyn to meet someone who the agents are finally hoping to get uh, nailed down as to who's called them out. So as we'd like to do at the top of the show, we'd like to thank you, the listener, and especially you, the Patreon supporter. If you've not had an opportunity to check out what we have to offer on Patreon, you can at patreon.com slash the old ways podcast. We are continuing to work on our YouTube numbers and there are live videos where you can even see these Delta Green OSL agents on camera, at least some of them, and uh, see what we got up to this year in 2023. So now with the propers out of the way, I will turn to my agents. I will have them introduce themselves to my right. Hey, it's me, Miranda, and I play Dr. Aaron Weber, and I am just happy to be back with the gang, uh, looking forward to researching, studying some more weird weirdness. Mm, indeed, there's weirdness to come to Dr. Weber's right. Hello, everyone. I'm your friend, Nate, and I play Elliot Winters, Diplomatic Services Special Agent for the U.S. Department of State. I'm your federal friend that's fun to be around. Oh, absolutely. I can't think of any f- um, fun federal times I you've not been there. So that's uh, true to the point. To Elliot's right. Hi, this is Allie, and I play Joanne Hart, and I am in a car with Elliot Winters, and we have much to discuss. Undeniably. And last, but most certainly not least. Hi, I'm Tegan, and I'm playing Brett, Baby Daddy Hawking, and I am ready to be here. I guess, if I have to be with these jokers. It's good that you're ready because you are here with them. And we'll see how long that whole baby daddy comment lasts. So we'll raise the curtain tonight on this operation as a couple of cars make their way from bar to an abandoned park. They don't know that it's abandoned until they get there, but that's neither here nor there. So I'll give you a bit of the setup. This park, Borough Park, that you're meeting at is relatively nondescript. It's actually small. It's no larger than maybe a a fourth of a block square, which in New York is still fairly large, but there's maybe five or six trees. There's a swing set, which is not being currently used. And there are some, we'll just say some of those spring seats, big heavy metal spring where they put like a kid's seat with like a maybe those are animal caricatures and they can bounce back and forth those have long since rusted they've probably been here since the 60s 
There's not a whole lot of leaves on the ground, but maybe a few. That said, the park, at least from the inside of your car, Agent Winters, looks fairly empty. At the far side of the park, there is a Burger King. It's relatively small. It's sort of nestled in some of the, the New York City buildings here. And uh, there's a lone light on. And the Burger King sign is sort of half illuminated. It looks like maybe one of the bulbs went out in it. So what are you doing? I don't see anyone in here, Miss Hart. No, I don't either. This is where we were told to meet. Yeah, I didn't realize Boro was closed. Or at least so desolate. Yeah, you would think that we'd be able to spot someone here. I see the others. Yeah, I would imagine the other car. Um, so that's probably... Are, are you driving? It was my car, so I'm driving it. The hell am I letting Brett Hawking behind the wheel of my car? Of the agents we have available, let me inquire with them. Who's got the highest alertness? i a 60. I've got a 40. I think it's the doctor. There we go. Yeah. Uh, so, Dr. Weber, there is something that you see at the far end. You make out that same sort of Burger King that looks like maybe it's got, you know, an, an hour left before it closes. But you make out that there is a person sitting in that forward front glass enclosed area of the Burger King. And they are looking out at the park. Kind of pull up beside wherever Winters stopped and roll down window. Hey, do you see that? And there's a guy. Is that? Do you think that's who we're supposed to meet up here? The guy over in the Burger King. Maybe he's waiting for us to be at the park, and then he's gonna come out. I don't know. It feels weird for grown adults showing up at a abandoned park and just, I don't know, finding a bench to sit on. So maybe we go to the Burger King or? I don't think it's weird. I think it just looks like a drug deal. The gentleman does seem to be interested in the park, but there ain't much else to look at either. So I'm going to get out of the car and I'm going to light up a cigarette. Yeah, you light up a cigarette. Dr. Weber, the gentleman inside that Burger King stands up and after a few moments walks out the door. Does he look like he's walking in our general direction? He's walking in the general in the direction of the park. He has a bag in his hand. I mean, I'll get out as well and uh, just kind of like lean against the car and gesture over towards the guy that's coming out towards us now. I guess that's our answer. I don't know if I like it. Look sharp, Miss Hart. Oh, yeah. I had no intention of letting my guard down. Who's heading over to the park? I am. Okay. I'll go with her. Yeah, I mean, I trail behind, but, like, I'm not going to clump up. I'll absolutely go with. Okay. Yeah. The gentleman walks into the park. Large Burger King bag in hand. Goes towards one of the um, space around where those, you know, sort of children's playground equipment is. There's a couple of benches there and he sits on one of them. It allows him to watch the four of you as you approach, or three of you as you approach. He seems to lean back and light up a cigarette. I follow Miss Hart. Okay. Miss Hart, where are, you, where are you going? Well, so if he's able to watch us walk up, I'm just gonna walk up and sit next to him. You got enough fries to share? 
The gentleman you walk up to is a little unkempt. He wears a hat, a baseball hat. He's got a polo on. He's got like a black leather jacket. Looks like he hasn't shaved maybe in a couple of days. He looks up and he goes, I'm not much of a fry sharer, but I suppose. And he undoes the bag and opens it up. And you can smell the sort of sickly, sweet and enticing scent of good old fashioned American hamburgers and fries. Yeah, I'll just take one out of the bag. I could be diving in there for a bunch of food. He nods. This all you? Yeah. Well, we have one who's finishing a cigarette. But yes, other than that. Good. I need to be brief. Elliot, you've worked the diplomatic circuit and other State Department departments before. Everybody else around you probably thinks this guy's a slob. But you spot an undercover agent when you see one. He's really into the bit. He's likely carrying a 45 somewhere, probably on his left side. And while he might look a little unkempt up top, his shoes are relatively new. The laces are tight. So if he could run, if he had to, this guy's ready for something, if need be. Say, friend, you, uh, you mind if I sit? Gone. And I gesture to the left. I'm going to sit down on his left side close enough that we're touching. Mm-hmm. Which presents a little bit of a challenge if he needs, if he decides he needs to reach for anything. And then I'll say, I think you're right. We should hurry this up. This is mighty conspicuous. He uh, reaches into that big Burger King bag and he pulls out a folded manila folder sort of stained a little bit with uh, fried grease at this point now. And he uh, passes it over to you. And I pass it directly over to Dr. Weber without even pausing. And I'll say, anything else uh, you need us for? <sighs> or is it just this folder? It's just this folder. Anything you want to know? Is there enough light here that I can take a peek in the folder? Uh, light is at a premium here. Mm -hmm. It's almost as if this park bench, specifically the sodium light above it is out. Because mm. the one on the other side is is lit. You probably get half light in here. You wouldn't be able to read any, any direct texts. Yeah, I would probably crack it open just to see anyways. And then once realizing I'm not going to be able to see it or just close it back up. You see what you think is a map inside. <laughs> Listen... I'll be brief. Three kids have disappeared. The op is to investigate the location of where they may be disappearing at, in and around. See anything unnatural, burn the whole fucking place down. The place you're looking for is the S. Garretson Mansion. The who? S. Garretson Mansion. That's the only time I'm going to repeat that. If you uncover something unnatural, like I said... Stop the incursion at all costs. There's a telephone number provided in the envelope. Bring any books that are recovered to Greenbacks 1191. There's a map and a code inside the folder. 
He stands up. He takes two fingers and plucks the Burger King bag and then reaches them out, reaches the bag out towards you, Miss Hart. Thanks. Yeah, it's on us. He walks away. Is it just a bag full of fries? Uh, No, you look at it. Actually, there's uh, one, two, three, four double bacon cheeseburgers. No, they're not Whopper Juniors, Tegan. Stop mouthing Whopper Juniors to me. Well, looks like we've got a light dinner if anybody else wants it. No, thank you. Have I heard of Garrettson Mansion as a local boy? Your bureaucracy is pretty high. So what I will do is I'll give you an int times five roll. So whatever your intelligence is, multiply by five and just give me a roll for it and we'll see what you might know about it. Mm, I rolled a 75. My intelligence is 50. Yeah, I mean, there are a lot of different mansions in and around the New York area. The name sounds somewhat familiar, but you can't place it at this point. Well, sounds like our reputation precedes us. Y'all heard him talk about burning it down. I just feel like that that's an uncalled for dig at this point. I mean, we did what was necessary. Y'all, y'all want to find a place to hole up sort of like last time and go through this stuff? I don't think we should stay in this park much longer. I shout over you, you know, we we didn't actually burn it down. We uh, blew it up. You don't, y'all don't need to shout that so loud. Don't need to shout it. I just laugh at that and I finish my cigarette and put it out and throw it on the ground. Okay. Where's the team going? I mean, a motel worked out pretty good as a base of operations last time, honestly, because it was a place we could consistently go back to. It'd be nice if we could get one close to wherever this mansion is. So maybe uh, maybe we find ourselves like a Denny's nearby. We can uh, look through this and then uh, then set up a base of operations after that. So we'll snap cut to the four of you in a Denny's. We'll say that it's in a uh, one of the back rooms there at Denny's. So you have the Denny's that have the, the diner front. And there's that sort of half area in back that sometimes is open and sometimes closed. You managed to nick a table fairly close to there. And the four of you were sitting around with coffee or, you know, moons over my hammy or whatever suits your fancy. Also, you're probably amongst the sharpest spoons everywhere in existence as Denny's has spoons sharp enough to cut people. I slip the waitress a 20 and I pull that corrugated wood divider that those strange Denny's meeting rooms usually had. Oh, yeah, for sure. Okay, so you let me know when you're going to get into that folder. Yeah, uh, I mean, once we have this divider closed and we've got coffee and whatever else, then I'll I'll pull it out and kind of position it in a way that everyone can kind of uh, see it as much as possible and pop it open, hand out anything that needs to be handed out so we can kind of pass stuff around the table before we discuss. Okay, so there's a couple things that you get inside the folder. One is a map, and the map is of a section of... New York City, it looks like, especially for local folks, it looks like this is like Red Hook and the surrounding area. You get three distinct pictures and those do their worst to turn your stomach. And the reason why is they are pictures of children, three of them. Sandra Cohen, listed as two years old, 
Catherine Strock is seven months old, and then Franklin Ellers is 11 months old. The detailed information inside it, in this sort of half, I guess, notebook piece of paper, right, shows that these three children are missing in the area, and Delta Green is interested in figuring out what happened to them, especially because they believe that they went missing in and around this mansion, and they believe the mansion might be the source of the unnatural portion of the investigation. Local law enforcement have attempted to explain away the vanished children as kidnappings or parental abandonment, though two of the three are still under active investigation. So people are still looking for two of three of these kids. There is a phone number listed amongst the pieces here. It is located uh, sort of on the backside of this crinkled up note for a place called VacuCare. And it says any updates and then it lists the number and it says VacuCare, uh, which you're not sure what VacuCare is, but Elliot, you would know that that number is not a local NYC number that's somewhere else. Another state, it's not here in, in the New York area. It lists below that the, it just says, which is actually written in green pen, GB1191. And then it lists an address. Does the brief have the police reports or newspaper clippings or anything like that? It doesn't have the police reports attached to them. That's probably something you're going to have to fish up. Likely not a huge stretch for you. Seeing these three names, does it, have I been hearing about this in the news? Is this a local big case or is this something that I'm hearing for the first time? It's something you're hearing for the first time. And the unfortunate reality is this New York City... The, the police department deals with almost 500 missing children reports for every year. Most missing kids are 13 or older and are considered what they call voluntaries. Those that run away from home of their own accord, right? Familial abductions number in the dozens per year and most are resolved when offending guardians are arrested in another state. That's usually how it happens. You do find it a little interesting that each of the children in question here are two years older or younger. That's a definitive through line that you would all pick up on. And there were none of those. Nothing in here seems to indicate that there was. It was like a, a step parent or a parent or a former parent involved. Agent, you have the names, so it'll probably take a little scraping to figure out the police report. That, that'll be one thing that you'll need to compile. Yeah, I uh, should have access to some sort of criminal database through the NCIS. Whether it'll stretch into these, I don't know, but hopefully I'll be able to access that or find somebody that can get me access into it. Okay. You should probably do a little digging on this uh, Gerritsen mansion as well. At least uh, background. I don't know, maybe who owns it? Is it open for tours? What kind of place it is? I, don't, I haven't heard anything about this place before. There has to be a reason why they tie the kids to this, though. So there's got to be something if we dig a little bit into what this place is about. Yep. And then you have the other pieces are obviously the phone number for VacuCare. And then whatever this address is for, what did the guy call it? A green box? Well, that's where we're dropping off them books. We've encountered a green box before. At least one. You encountered one at the empty 
warehouse where you met before the McAllister job. And you remember inside of it that there was body armor, tools of the trade. Now, you likely won't be able to get in any sort of police databases until tomorrow morning. Um, not unless you make some late night hacking attempts. So, agents, after dinner, breakfast, it's Denny's, so it could be either or. What's the team doing? Well, do you guys want to get a like a, a some sort of hotel motel room near that Gerritsen mansion just so we have uh, easy access there? A hotel room's a good idea. I'm just going to check out of the Best Western I stayed at last night. Was there any cash in that bag with the burgers? Any sort of resources, maybe? No, you didn't find any cash in the bag at all. Some sandwiches, some fries, that sort of thing. Well, we can go check out that green box, see if they left us any any goodies. It's a drop-off, but it also might might have something in there. Yeah, there was stuff in it last time. Okay, so if that's the consensus then, you all drive to the address. So this is a, an address in Queens that you're not necessarily familiar with, Elliot, but you are familiar with where Queens is and how to get there and where you need to go. So it's in Jamaica, Queens. The place that the address you pull up to or pull up close to is a uh, We Store You location. It looks like there is a push button code to be able to get into the gate. It looks like there's sort of a middle aged security guy sitting at the security desk nearby. Doesn't look terribly interested in anything past Sports Illustrated. It's a five meter fence around the, the property. It is topped with razor wire, though. Inside the space, looks like there's about maybe 30, 40 storage units. Figure this was a about a half hour drive, so I would have liked to it during the drive. Would have paged my good friend John Ferens, just with my number and our special friendship cop code, letting him know I want to talk to him tomorrow morning. Like I, it sounds like it's pretty late right now, but I just want to give him a heads up because I will want to give him a call and see if I can get some some New York City police dirt on any of these missing kids cases. But we got a we got a code on this screen box, right? Yeah, we don't need to do anything here. We just just drive right in. Yep. You drive right in, you punch the code in 6644 and the gate opens right up. Yeah. And then straight to the number that is on there. Okay. So you store it. I mean, this is this is the normal business of this place. You bet. The roofs here are corrugated steel. Looks like the buildings have a couple of vent stacks on them. That's pretty normal. It looks like a everyday run-of-the-mill storage place. Mm, probably cement walls. Let's pop it open. It's got a padlock garage door. Oh, wait, we don't have like a key or a code or any of that shit? No, it's padlocked, but on the um, on your manila envelope, there's a rel- relatively thin key that probably fits. Yeah, 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 yeah. Crack that shit open. Let's go. Inside this storage space, it's sort of got a little bit of everything. Every storage unit is, looks like it's probably about a single room, five meters square. So there's a pool table. There is a smashed Wurzler jukebox. There's a very large pile of antiquated ski equipment and a wooden pallet covered with a tarp. Straight to the wooden pallet. I want to peek under that tarp. 
Okay. I don't want to belabor the point, but are, are we leaving the door up while we're inspecting what's under the tarp? Or are we getting privacy? No, I didn't even think to shut it, so... Under the tarp, there's a small stone dais of an elaborate design. It stands uh, at a slight angle in a orange Home Depot bucket. The dais was obviously removed just by inspection. You can see it was very likely removed with a jackhammer. Spray painted on the stone in red paint is do not touch. A small teakwood lidded box sits on the dais. All right, so you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to not touch this. Something you pick up on relatively quickly, Elliot, is that there are rifle crates under this tarp. You can see them, like at the far end. They're very distinctive. Further investigation into those crates, which will likely happen, I would imagine, reveal that there are 14 Chinese-made AK-47s. That's a lot. The crates themselves have Chinese characters stamped into them. There are four cases of Soviet ammunition, 20 loaded magazines per case. No cash, but I mean, Brad, if you want to go into some light arms trading, we could turn these on the street and do some terrible, terrible crimes and deeds against our country, but make... I actually smile and I turn to Elliot and go, I can't believe we were thinking of the same thing. Wait, no, I was kidding, though. Brett, that, that was a joke. I wasn't serious about any of that. I stand up and walk away, and I'm just like, no, duh. Dr. Weber, you find something troubling. There's a plastic medical chest brace here with a pistol that's installed to point inward towards the chest of whoever wears it. It looks like that someone's rigged up a pneumatic push-button attachment that operates the trigger. Inside the chest plate is a long, dried bloodstain. What the fuck is this place? What the fuck is all this shit? Agent Hart, you find a shrink-wrapped bag inside a Adidas duffel bag. On the outside of that shrink-wrapped bag, there is a label that not only Elliot, but Brett would recognize. And it says, Property of the United States Department of State. And you can see through that shrink-wrapped bag that there are $100 bills stacked and wrapped. It's covered in a yellow grating dust. So we have plenty of money to get us by. And I'm going to just like lift up the whole thing as it's wrapped in the plastic wrap. You, you get yellow dust all over you. <laughs> I'll take a shower. It's fine. Oh, it looks like there's a little bit of trade craft up in there. Ain't no one's going to miss any of that. I don't think anybody's going to miss any of this stuff considering, well, where it is and what it is. That makes me think. You reckon, so that squirrely guy in the park, he said to bring anything that we found, any of these books or something back here. Do you think this is all stuff that other agents like us found and just dropped into this storage? Do you think this is all creepy shit? Yeah, it sounds like this is a drop. I've, I'm on the same page as Winters. I think this is a drop-off and not a pickup. The other one was a pickup. This is obviously a drop-off, I think. I think this is a combination one. It's a lot more public, and it's got 
a lot of stuff that's more mundane. It's not as creepy as the shit we were finding in Abigail's apartment. It's, I mean, they're skis for fuck's sake. I'm not going to recommend that we touch whatever this don't touch thing is, but there was a reason it was covered with a tart. We think they're skis. We don't know where those came from, and maybe whoever put them in here just seemed to padded out the stuff so that the suicide death vest gun doesn't stand out. Just so we're clear, that's a Glock for those of you who are more firearms-oriented. Look at that. We got we got everything we need. So, Dr. Weber, at the far end of the past the pallet, there is a desk here as well. It looks like an old teacher's desk. So it's sort of like half metal, half wood. And resting on it, there is what looks like a book. I will... I'll go, I'll go check it out and I'll open it up and hope there's not a gun inside of it. But who knows, there might be one. Yeah, there's no gun inside this. Looks like this book is uh, a little damaged, a little singed. It looks like down the spine and... You probably have seen this, uh, some college textbooks or maybe some um, other academic locations. This looks like a book that was at one point torn in half, like directly down the spine and then bound back together. Well, we in the book have that in common, I guess. Yes. Yes, you do. Yeah, I would just say, given your chemistry and some of the other we'll just say higher education work that you've done, you're fairly certain that the book is written in Latin just by being able to key in on a couple of words, but you, you don't know what it says. I'm a doctor of chemistry, not a d- doctor of medicine, so I didn't really dive as deep into that. So Maybe we can get someone to translate this for us. None of you speak Latin, do you? No, no, no. Does that have anything to do with us, Dr. Weber? Well, I don't know, but they said to bring books here, and the, I found this book here. So you're thinking that since they told us to bring books here, if we find books here, we should take those books with us? Is that is that the thought process going on here? That's No, that's not entirely the thought process. I'm just distracting myself from the gun vest. From that suicide vest, yeah. Yeah, that one. It's, it's, it's very creepy. Why don't we just get a couple straps here in... Take our exit. Go, go, get, go! Get our hotel room. Pay for it with the uh, fine funds donated in the storage unit, and uh, get to work. Yeah. So I'll mention this for Brett's something Brett would clearly pick up on. Just given the size of the overall money wrap that's been done there, that your fellow agent has picked up, there's there's probably at least a hundred grand in there. If those are all hundreds, well, that's going to be very useful. Let's not spend it all in one place. Okay, well, I mean, that's a choice that can be made, sure. What we could definitely do is take a small chunk of this and get ourselves a decent place of operations in town. Somewhere where we can store all of our stuff together. We don't have to cross into no hallway or take a shit down you know, around the corner in some flea-bitten hostel. We just get a place with a couple of rooms, maybe even three rooms, maybe even four rooms, you know, in a little kitchen, a kitchenette. I agree. That sounds very homey. 
And if I can, or if Joanne hasn't already, I'm going to take out my pocket knife and cut open the plastic, pull out two of those bundles, break them out, and quarter, 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 which by my drug dealing mind gives us each five grand to work with. So you're quartering the the money? Now I'm taking two bundles, each bundle assuming it's 10 grand, and breaking each of those bundles in half, giving each of us five. Okay. Which it's, you're going to end up doing the math in your head. So when you break open the actual, you know, package, you can, you can tell that there's, there's quite a bit of money in here, but yeah, you all have some, some spending cash now, should you need it? Yeah. I don't think we should end up taking all of this. Pretty sure we're not the only people who investigate these particular kinds of things. So it might be better if we leave some of it here because I imagine that this is used for more than just us. Well, and you don't want to be explaining to someone like me who's not me how, why you happen to have $70,000 in $100 bills on your person. That's that's a bigger concern. Okay, so are we going to get a nice no-tell motel stop or are you going to get someplace nicer than that? I think we can go a little more upscale. A little bit? Okay. At least something where like, you know, we can get like a common room and a couple of side rooms to crash into without having to like use the hallways. You are going to stay at the lodge in Red Hook. It's off Columbia Street. It is a two-star hotel. But I would say that the rooms are pleasant when you stay there. I am going to say that it's nice enough to have a 10 to 12 foot wrought iron fence that runs around it. That sounds like a splendid place. There's even a place to park your car that's protected. Uh, no conjoining room, but you do get rooms that are right in line. You settle down at the lodge in Red Hook. You settle into your rooms. And then I suppose I'd like to know whether or not the agents are going to sort of doss down for the night and then wake up in the morning or are any of you continuing your machinations? It's about midnight at this point. So are all four of us in individual rooms? Yes, that's correct. Okay. That solves my problem. I'm going to go to sleep. You go to sleep. I need to know whose room is next to me. I'm going to say that it's Dr. Weber's room is next to you. Okay, then Dr. Weber can hear me into the wee hours just doodling around on a bass guitar. I have an acoustic bass. Is it my night to have Holly? Uh, no, it's not. Okay. If it was, I was going to just slip out after we all go into our rooms and then come back early in the morning. But i have if she's not at home, then I don't have to be at home and I can just stay here and listen to Brett Hawking strum his acoustic bass guitar. It goes on for a couple of hours and it does take a little time to get to sleep. It's unfortunately for you, not the only thing Brett Hawking strokes. Morning arrives soon thereafter. 6 a.m. with the lodge this close to the highway is a little unkind to most of you who know the commute. You get to hear everybody's commute. Now, some of you who are locals are way more used to this sort of heavy metro noise. Obviously, Dr. Weber, you live locally now. Elliot, you live and have lived locally for a while, so it's not as much of a 
jarring wake up call. But for you, Miss Hart, it is at 530 when, you know, all sorts of transport trucks and motorcycles and every engine known to man gets run by your hotel room. It is, we'll just say jarring. It's a very good thing I went to sleep. Absolutely. So what's the uh, docket look like for the team today? Well, we had some research we wanted to do outside of the, of actually going to the mansion. One being looking into the mansion itself, trying to get any background information records on it. We talked about looking into the police reports, assuming that might be something that Hawking and Winters are doing. Okay. Yeah, your uh, contact Elliot reaches does reach back out to you probably by 6.30, 7 o'clock. You get the big antenna up, take a call from your New York Police Department contact. And can we say that I might be in the car? Certainly. Early morning drive. So I'm in an early morning drive. I'm coming up for uh, 278 North. And I get this call and... Hey, John. Winners, what's, uh, what's up? John, I have a weird question for you. Sure. When do I never... When I have a normal question for you, it's always a weird question. Are you doing anything with these three babies that are missing in Red Hook? You heard anything about this? Elders, Cohen, Stotch? Yeah, 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 yeah. The, the kid's missing in Red Hook. It's, um... I mean, what do you want to say, right? There's a lot we've looked at. I mean, people have been interviewed. I can, um... You know, I can get if you're looking into them. I can I can help you out if that's what you need. I'm looking into whether there's a connection between the three. Is that also a line that New York's finest is is looking at, or are you treating these separate? Right now, we're treating them separate. I know the um, memory serves something like the uh, it's an age thing, right? They're all young. Yeah, yeah, younger than normal. All right, yeah, I can get you the lowdown on them. Shouldn't take long. Maybe even a copy of the interview records or case records. That'd be great. That'd be great. You know offhand maybe who the officer in charge is? No, no. There'd be separate ones then. It'd be three different ones because you, you're treating it separate. Hmm. We're treating it separate for now. Oh, that's messy. Well, that's caseload. I hear you. I hear you. I got a weird line on... On this, I might be able to reduce that caseload for you. So that might be might be a service that we can provide the good old federal government reaching a hand down. Yeah. 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 Usually it's not a hand down, it's usually a fist sometimes. Yeah, well we like to ease we like to ease it in. Yeah. Tell my doctor that. Shit. Don't get old. Don't get old. <laughs> Oh, it's it's coming up for me. I got five, six more years, and and here we go. Here we go. If I'm, it, God willing, I make it that long. I mean, we'll see what happens. God willing. Okay. Uh, I should have it for you by uh, ten a.m. Won't take me long. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. Yeah, I'm I'm swinging by the um the three sites right now. So yeah, appreciate any information you can send my way. Certainly, certainly. Okay. So we'll shift scenes then. And uh, young Buck, what are we up to early in the morning? Do I have an NCIS laptop? Like a nice old 
thick book running Windows 95? Yeah, probably. I'd say so. Okay. This hotel room probably doesn't have a Cat 6 cable in it. No way. No. Oh, it does have a telephone line, though. Okay. Sheet. I would like to plug the old RJ into the side of my laptop. I would like to very slowly try to access one of my NCIS databases just to see if I can find some information on any of the proper nouns that have been mentioned to me in the last 24 hours. Location names, people names, object names, any of those proper nouns. There is um, nothing smoother or more welcoming to your morning than the sound of a 14-4 modem connecting across plain old telephone line. It goes well with the Lodge coffee, which is a little bitter, but good for the soul, perhaps. So I'll just ask Agent Hawking, what's your bureaucracy? My bureaucracy is a good old four zero, which is a good chunk of bureaucracy there. 30 points above the base bureaucracy. That's correct. So you go after the Garrison Mansion. Well, it seems to be the, the epicenter of what we'll just say the people who sent you here to go after. Uh, it's a federal style house located at 124 Buckingham Road in Flatbush, Brooklyn. It was once called the Suya Dam House. It has been through a couple of changes and renovations since its construction in 1843. It had a renovation, it looks like, in 1924. The name on record is the Suya Dam Garretson Mansion, although it looks like Suya Dam was stricken from it purposely after a number of sort of strange happenings in 1925 which include the disappearance of the owner. Okay. I was about to say what kind of strange happenings. But well, hold on a second. A, a disappearance of an owner is not enough to get a name stricken from the pub, from public record as an embarrassment. There has to be something embarrassing here. Is there anything deeper I can find on this mansion? Well, not deeper, no, but I can give you more fluff. It was built by the Sudan family when, you know, Flatbush was really nothing more than farmland. It was inherited by Garrison in 1926. Garrison's son, it seems, sold it to the Devant family in 1945. They sold it to the Edder Education Company to use as a remedial school in 1951. In 74, it looks like it got condemned and gifted to the city to use as a halfway house for the mentally ill. And then you see a bunch of new paperwork in the past couple of years start to kick up. It looks like a construction company, uh, Zenov, buys it about four or five years ago for development of new condominiums. It doesn't look like construction actually begins until a couple of years ago. I will share this information with my colleagues over cheap hotel danishes. So I'll just say this, just so we're clear, that sort of information core, like collection takes you a couple of hours. I mean, it's not like you've got a 28.8 or even a 33.6 modem. So you're, you're chugging along a little bit at the government's finest. 
So you're telling me the Danishes are stale? The Danishes were stale before you got them, but that's neither here nor there. Also, Weber left in the morning. It sounds like Winters is also gone in the morning. Danishes are probably to go, because Weber would have taken a more public-facing approach to finding information, which is going to the good old public library and getting some newspaper articles from a nice librarian on some microfiche, maybe. Yeah, for sure. So I guess what are you looking into then, Dr. Weber? Well, I, I want to see if there's any... There has to be a, a good reason why they think it's connected to these three abductions. It seems like a big jump to make. If anything's happened there before, there'd probably be newspaper articles or anything outstanding that is connected to that building, any weird things or weird happenings. Okay, so what else, what's your bureaucracy? My bureaucracy is a 40. Okay. So fairly uh, acceptable, right? Mm-hmm. You find a couple of newspaper articles. These are back in the 20s. And it looks like there's an article that talked about this Suyadam person, this, this, this gentleman. You get a couple of things. You get the fact that he married this Robert Suyadam married late in life. It looks like he marries around age 60. So this is in 1924. You get this piece of info from connecting sort of who the house is connected to and then backtracking through the name and finding out more about this person. He sort of transforms into this eligible bachelor at 60. It looks like he made a match with this woman, this Cornelia Gerritsen of the Brooklyn Gerritsons. They're really, in the time, there were very few families that were not more wealthy or powerful than that family. It seems a wonderful, if not wholly bizarre, union takes place between the two of them. Now, in summer of 1925, you find out that the newlywed Suyadams end up dead on a cunyard liner on the night of their honeymoon. Furthermore, Robert's body turns up missing after in it's in possession of associates from a, a church in Red Hook. And there's a little deeper sort of hearsay that you get printed in one of these more, we'll just say yellow papers, as they would call them in the time. Cornelia's body is supposedly drained of blood. The Brooklyn police go into the Suyadam's apartment where they lived at Parker Place and they found a whole bunch of Warren tunnels, passages, canals that connected the East River. Now, in the police report and the subsequent news article that goes along with it, what is believed is that the Suyadam's were doing what every New Yorker that had vast power during the 20s did, and that is they did their best to make extra money by bootlegging, especially given the fact that it goes directly to the East River. They're fairly certain that the Suidams ran afoul of the organized crime element, the families of New York, and when they went on their honeymoon, they were murdered. So that is what you're doing for most of the morning then. Miss Hart, what are what are you doing for most of your morning? What I'm probably going to want to do, uh, go and interview 
the families again of the kids who went missing, starting with the oldest one and working to the newest one who disappeared. Okay. Reasonable. I can see it now. Elliot Winters and Joanne Hart in season four of True Detective. But we're going to have to wait because we have reached the end of our episode. So now, with some of the cards and information laid bare, Ocel must figure out what happened to these children and why. Which we're going to look forward to next time. So thank you for joining us so much on this episode of Delta Green Ocel. And uh, we will speak with you next time.